back. I'm Puyan from Scratchpad and riding shotgun again is Ross. AKA Corp. AKA Corp bro. Those who know me. Only Puyan and my mom call me Ross. So what a treat. I'm super excited for the conversation we've got lined up today with Chris Rudegrap, CEO of Sendoso. Thank you so much for having me, guys. What a what an incredible story you have though. You know, from payment processing sales to selling marketing solutions to uh, being an AE at TalkDesk, incredible company, and then a jump to founding a company. And not only that, like a super successful company now doing incredible things. So like, how do you go from AE to founder of a company? The big answer is lots of money to no money overnight. So that was uh, the first thing. And really just the, the pain of, of being in an AE's shoes and really trying to send stuff out and spending my hours uh, packing boxes versus closing deals. And, you know, decided, hey, I need to do something about this. Um, I'd always, marketing would always yell at me for stealing swag from the swag closet. And I was like, they would, I'd always try to <laughs> expense. Of course they were. <laughs> of course they were. I mean, that's their thing, the, sh- the swag. I decided like, hey, if I created a software where I could click a button and use their money to send these gifts, uh, then I'd be happy. And I'd close more deals and make more monies. And so that was like the, uh, the whole starting factor, just the pain of, of kind of the marketing sales alignment. Okay, so how how long were you working on this like as a side project? Like, you know, I think a lot of people they assume you have to just jump. Yeah. Right. And usually there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that kind of builds you up to the actual jump. Can you talk about that process? Was that while you were still working? So Sendoso version one was actually called copysender.com. And so the first version was, you know, five grand on upwork to make a Salesforce app that you could click a button that says send coffee and it sends someone a Starbucks e-gift card. It's kind of a, a simple model connected to Salesforce. Um, and my old, ultimate goal is if I could, you know, if, if I could get, you know, 10 or 20 of those a day, that's like two free beers going out in the city. And so if I could just do a lot of uh, coffees being sent, that's a lot of free beer money. Um, that is how you should think yeah. about it, everyone. <laughs> how much beer is this exactly. worth? <laughs> that is the best unit. <laughs> yeah, who needs revenue? You just need uh, beer units. And so... Not to a point where I had more beer than I could drink. And so it was like, okay, let, there's something real here. It also helped that my co-founder, uh, Brayden, who's also another AE. So, you know, two AEs starting a, a startup is kind of the, you know, twice as unlikely to be successful, I guess you could say in some cases. Okay. So so we're going to have Brayden on as one of the next guests just to validate everything that Chris is saying. <laughs> yeah. Right? He was crazier than I did. He jumped ship. To, he left his last company about four months before me. Um, and started full-time selling coffee. And I was like, you can't sell coffee full-time. This is like a beer money company. But he proved me wrong and was just closing a ton of, of logos that wanted to just send, you know, spend tens of thousands of dollars send, sending coffee gift cards. This bro- I, I mean, I'm, I'm speechless here apart from like, so like what, what kind of beers were you drinking? You know, I was drinking San Francisco draft beers. So those are like, you know, 10 bucks a, a beer. Yeah, I was going to ask because I was doing the math in my head. I was like, wait a minute. that I, I, I could probably make that money stretch a little bit farther to, to more than two beers. But let's go back to early, you know, young Chris coming out and just getting the first job. Like, how do you end up in sales? I was actually uh, kind of an entrepreneur, I'd say, by, by birth. I was always hustling, like back in the day, selling lemonade. I, I had a Christmas tree farm close to my parents' house. So I'd sell mistletoe near the holidays and just make a boatload of money that way. So I think sales and uh, entrepreneurship were in my blood. Um, in college, I had a startup that was uh, uh, an online rental listing company to find housing close to college campuses. So I kind of was able to kind of 
learn by learn by doing in, in terms of some software entrepreneurship in college and sold that into a company called Yapstone. And from there, I went into marketing initially for probably about six months. I know you're probably going to choke. Uh, Ew. Uh, sorry, <clears throat> sorry for saying that. Is it a prerequisite to be at Chico State and then go to sales? Going to sales? I feel like you either went to Cal Poly or Chico State if you're in sales in the Bay yeah. Area. Like it's just it. It's like a, it's over like 50% of all sales people. Exactly. Like well, it's, they're very social institutions. So you, you learn to talk, mm. you know? You learn to party, I believe is what you <laughs> mean to say. You got to talk to parties. <laughs> you said at some point you learned sales is your calling. What called you? I think probably money, <laughs> to be honest. Yes, be that's what's money. up. That's facts. Now we know he's telling the truth. You know, there's a, there's a thrill and a rush of, you know, getting someone on the call or sending someone an email, getting them hooked, getting them on a demo, closing the deals. And then you just, you, you know, you want to do it again and again and again. So I think it's, you know, if you get good at sales, it's just like a, a drug where you just want to keep doing it. When you think back to the snapshot of your sales career, like what is some of the system one instant like stories that th- that you think of in your mind? Like any ridiculous like wins or losses or like experiences where you're just like this one kind of just like epitomizes my experience. I mean, I, what I remember is I was really, I really loved to try to create hacky ways to break into accounts or to, you know, get more meetings. So I uh, created this like mail merge tool from, I, I'm big on Upwork. I probably spent like 200 grand on Upwork on like, I love Upwork too. I use I it just all the time. like, you know, get people to make me these tools. I like hacked together and made a sequencing tool through Upwork and some engineers that would like, lists from Salesforce and then email them and update fields. I built this other like Where's Waldo tool, which would take the prospect's LinkedIn photo and overlay it on a Where's Waldo map. And then I use that image and drop it in the email. And I did that with a milk carton, the, the missing person milk carton. And this woman, I, I did send it to a bunch of people to great success, but this one woman was so offended by me. Just like, <laughs> there are real missing people out there. And I was like, yeah. And I was concerned. Okay. <laughs> what else was it that like set you apart? Because you, you're clearly yeah, successful. In I, uh, I was also uh, great at Salesforce. <laughs> and that's kind of funny to say, but... Uh, like, did you practice on weekends well, or I was something? Like, I wouldn't say I was practicing, but I would like uh, be either try to be like the Salesforce admin um, and, and or I'd know how to run all the reports or I'd know where like Marketo was like losing leads in the system and I'd have that report and I'd have like 30 of these like backup accounts that I... We're just like, you know, getting nurtured and then I get to take them once they hit a score that no one else know how to report on. How has your mentality or thoughts around sales changed now that you're at the top? I mean, I've always thought really highly of marketing or marketing of sales. <laughs> Do you hate me? Like, are you trying to hurt me right now? Little, I, no, I've always thought really highly of sales. So I think that some so organizations, sweaty. sales teams might not, might be, uh, not getting the best rap or they, you know, it's like, Oh, sales is an easy job. And so I was very, uh, upfront that sales is like a super important job early on. And we had SDRs in our first kind of 10 people. We had SDRs as key hires early on. I really wanted to build this outbound engine that supported a model where, you know, we could have A's that didn't have to fully focus all their efforts on sort on, uh, kind of, uh, outbounding, but they could focus on closing deals and build that engine. God, that sounds like the dream. Every AE is listening to this is going to look for jobs at Sendoso right now. Just like where I don't have to prospect. Are you joking? But how do you think about now as a CEO? Like at some point you're going to do a C Mm -hmm. and you're going to try to scale even more aggressively. Mm -hmm. 
How do you do that and think about that and not totally just fucking over the sales team and scaling too fast and trying to like hit outrageous numbers because you hit you took on funding to like and then and then blow it let go half the team. Yeah, and then you gotta let go half the people and then your favorites are gone too and everybody's mad. Yeah. So we're methodical in that we kind of step stare. And I and I'm not gonna let VCs push me around there either. We're we're, we're you know this is my company to run. Uh, Let's go. <laughs> so, you know, not to uh, talk good about marketing. So close yours. But uh, we want to make sure that there's lead flow that's coming in. So we're not again overflowing this the sales team with headcount, but not enough inbound to to make up for that. So we're still we have a really strong 50-50 inbound outbound model right now. And if you look at the SDRs that are contributing, like the A's. Um, Right now, they were above quota capacity, like at the end of last year, where they were, you know, our capacity, they, they were closing more. Like, we needed more butts and seats. Don't you think sales development is sales? Why does it have to be marketing when the first word is sales? I mean, it's an interesting topic. I mean, our sales development team actually lives in marketing. So they report. I know. Um, and I think. Why would you do that to them? <laughs> They're people. <laughs> so marketing is uh, in, uh, enriching and putting in all of our accounts in Salesforce. So they're not, have, the SDRs aren't like going to find their own accounts. Like very early on, day zero, we enriched all of the accounts in Salesforce. So our first SDR wasn't like spending time enriching data or what leads should I go after. They had their target lists. So marketing's doing the target lists. Marketing's helping create the some of the content, the, the product marketing talk tracks. There was a good synergy to have them next to each other um, and, and ultimately like driving demand in. We have a lot of folks that, that are going to be listening to this that are probably like where you were maybe at TalkDesk or a little bit before that, right? How do you go from being the rep with the quota to you are the founder. How is it that the stuff you learned in sales not only helped you identify the problem, but like tactically build the company in the early days or even say, hey, is this even worth building? You could either, you know, go, you know, put on your Oculus and play some video games, or you could spend a couple hours, you know, mocking some stuff up on some software, dragging, dropping some arrows around and, and trying to, you know, use your, your time that way. You can get away with a, a, a working version for you know, using resources like Upwork and using some, you know, design tools online and, and, and put something together that's not crazy tough. You know, I think I got an idea. What would it look like on the computer? Let me draw it up. Let me see if I can find an engineer that can, you know, let me put five grand into it. Let's, and each of those things are going to kind of unlock new opportunities. Maybe you realize that this version is crap, but you learn that the customer that you talk to wants this and you take down another rabbit hole. So you're really just creating opportunities for yourself and like opening new doors by, you know, kind of getting outside of your comfort zone. I'd say like, there's no excuses, just get shit done and go out there and, you know, draw, find some piece of paper that you have at your desk, draw something and then turn that online and then post it on Upwork. There's so much, there's, you said a lot there. And I think like, there's two pieces. And this is what I tell people are always like, I want to, you know, let me, let me come be one of your videos. Let me come like do, I don't know, whatever corporate bro shit I'm doing at the time. And it's like, sure, Saturday morning, 7am, I'll be at the office here. And I'll be shooting this thing. It's like, ah, shit. Well, you know, I'm like going out Friday night. And so like, you know, it's gonna be tough for me to get this. Like, well, that's a choice you're making. Like, there's so many choices that we could just make differently if we want to go down that route. And also recognizing, I think one of the things that gets underappreciated is just like the goddamn grind of when like nobody's around, like when you don't have the product, when you're just like those nights and weekends, just like trying to figure some shit out and like the, the, the gears are turning. But then also you talked about 
just having your antenna on at all times of like to the problem. Like one thing like mm -hmm. you did, you do this naturally is like, I, I'm, you're seeing the problems and recognizing, wait a second, I, maybe I can solve this problem versus just like, God damn it. That's just an annoying problem. That's there. Updating Salesforce. Fucking build it, yeah. raise millions of dollars. Puyon. Like is Salesforce sucks. No, <laughs> Shit. We should start with that. We no, should. I, got a, I, got a, I got a 10 right here. If you need it, <laughs> okay, <laughs> need well. funding. what does that get me? I was going to say, you said one other thing uh, that I, I'll chime in on is that how did sales help me in my, my, you know, endeavors of being a CEO. A couple yeah. of things that was was really apparent is day zero, I wasn't afraid to talk to customers. Like I was, you know, we were selling the slide deck before the product was ready with a bunch of screenshots. I think my sales acumen has tremendously helped with, you know, uh, prospecting into candidates and selling them the dream and demoing them and getting them excited about, you know, Sendoso. So that I think is another thing. And then Shit, raising fifty-five million bucks in funding. I got to. I had to convince some investors with a nice little shiny. A lot of beer. It is a lot of beer. You know, my my last company, we went through Y Combinator, and then I would go back and um, you know, I'd do a, a talk for a, a lot of batches on you know the sales bootcamp. You know, I'd give this talk on how to do outbound because a lot of folks that are in YC, you know, they've got the idea you're um, building something, but then it's like, all right, how do we actually get this to market? And I think what you said, if I could double click, triple click, quadruple click on it, whatever, like, yeah, it's never too early to start outbound. In fact, that's what you should start with. In, in that process, you learn so much about your market, your customers, what the, you know, why they're making the decisions they make, how they purchase, um, what's important to them. I don't know about you, but for me, like fundraising is the part of building a company I just like dislike the most. It's a necessary evil for depending on the type of company you have to build, but it's just filled with lots of rejection. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you're in sales, guess what? You get to deal with a lot of rejection and you build up your resiliency, you know, regardless of what type of company you're building, that resiliency is what matters. Well, I think that's like a big, the biggest thing is like go collect signals. And the only way you're going to do that is by actually getting out, right? Yeah. Like period, whatever those signals are, good or bad, like that is all data. I think the true test is, can you build like an outbound engine and a go-to-market engine? And how soon can you build that to show success that you can repeatably like take some cold leads and turn them into money? And as quick as you can learn that process for your product and the messaging that delivers that, yeah. I think is crucial. A lot of investors I've talked to will will actually have that as a qualifier. If if you go in and say, Hey, look, we've got X number of customers to say, okay, how many of these are customers with zero connection? Yeah, that's a great and and one of the things we did is we actually set a bar for ourselves to start. We're like, we are not going to count anybody that we have a connection to and say, can we just fast forward and say, can we get users or customers that we have no connection to whatsoever? Because if you can do that, like even if you get one, yeah. you'll probably get two. And if you get two, you know, you, you, you find your way to get there. And so I think just pushing yourself outside of that comfort zone is so key. Exactly. We, we have like one very important question. Well, it's kind of like, to two piece important question. Um, I'll let Puyon ask it. It's it's not going to blow your mind by any means, but it's important for us. So, what's your hype song? My hype song. You're going in to close that Series C, yeah. and then the the Series D. Like what what just gets you going on that? And then what is your? Well, let's just start with that. Yeah. So uh, it goes. It's counted it up. Counted it up. I don't know if you heard, you know that song. Counted it up. I don't know who uh, who sings it. Counted up. Oh, J Cole. J Cole. J Cole. <laughs> okay that's a deep cut j cole song what's your uh so the flip side to that when you just get that terrible loss that punch to the gut they went with the competitor they said no 
um, they completely screwed you over. What's your recovery song? I'd probably just like sulk in, in quietness and silence. And <laughs> the second time we've gotten this answer. All right, Chris, this has been awesome, yeah. man. Thank you so much. How um, if if anyone wants to, I don't know, get in touch with you or, or follow up on any of this, how how can someone get? Yeah, I love uh, to to especially you? the kind of A's wanting to make the jump too and wanting to kind of get into the weeds. So I'm happy to chat it up anytime. So you can reach me on, on LinkedIn, search for me, Chris Rudigraf, or send me an email. It's Chris with the K K R I S at Sendoso.com. And don't come in there saying you're trying to make the jump and then start pitching some bullshit. Yeah, exactly. All right. Don't miss me with that. All right. Come in with a customer, don't connect seriously. with him on LinkedIn and then pitch him. Sales only bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Sales only. Yes. Strictly. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. All right, Chris. Thanks, man. All right, thanks, guys. 